His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay. I'm going to pray. <laughs> Jesus, we come to you tonight, and Lord, we just tell you thank you. Thank you for always coming and being with us. God, thank you for your presence. Lord, I just lift this message up to you, and Lord, I'm asking that you would just help what you want to come out to come out. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, for a couple of months, and I'm really, really thankful when he does this because for a couple of months, life's been really busy. So, for a couple of months, he's been nice and he's been giving me a theme. He's been showing me things. And it's been on family. And um, it's been neat because he's been showing me, it's not mattered where I've been in the scripture, he's showing me the importance of family and connection. And I've been seeing things different than what I had seen them, than what I'd ever seen them, actually. And um, so, okay, so. We know family here. I know we do family here, and we actually do family here pretty well, I think. So it was kind of funny when the Lord started doing this to me because I'm like, it's not like this is weird or unfamiliar to our church. But family's close. Family knows you inside and out. Family doesn't come overnight. Family relationships aren't just like, oh, hey, I like you. You know, we like to eat the same, you know, Italian food. Oh, we're great friends or family. It doesn't happen that fast. Trust doesn't happen like that. You know, there might be something where, yeah, we like and we get along. We both know Jesus and love Jesus. But that's not family. Family is relationship. Family takes time to build. It does not come overnight. Becoming family with people is not easy. If you don't remember, I mean, you can remember back to your days when you were at home with brothers and sisters. Or if you're mom and dad, you can remember days of refereeing your bro- the brothers and sisters. Family doesn't come easy. And it, it's hard. It's, there's forgiveness. There's patience. There's love, humility, grace, and so much more. And so all of this stuff, I was thinking and realizing, and I thought, family, true family lays their life down for each other. And is there no matter what family always believes the best well maybe that happened but let's figure that out because that's not that doesn't sound like them family always believes the best about you family is always there to pull out the gold in you no come on you can do it let's get up you know to encourage you to keep you going to pray for you and so i've got two different two different spots in the bible two different stories that i'm going to read and um and talk about real quick and the first one that i saw comes out of mark 2 and it's 1 through 12. It's the paralyzed man. So several days later, Jesus returns to Capernaum, and the news quickly spreads that he was back in town. Soon there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room, even outside the door. So while Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man. When they realized they couldn't even get near him because of the crowd, they went up on top of the house. They tore away the roof above Jesus' head. They had broke through. They low, or when they had broke through, they lowered the paralyzed man in on a stretcher right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw the extent of their faith, <laughs> he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are now forgiven. This offended some of the religious scholars who were present, and they reasoned among themselves, Who does he think he has to speak this way? It's blasphemy for sure. Only God can forgive sins. So Jesus supernaturally perceives their thoughts, and he says to them, 
Why are you being so skeptical? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are now forgiven, or stand up and walk. So Jesus was showing who he was, and he was demonstrating who he was by bringing the healing. But, so immediately the man, so then, so then Jesus says, um, stand up, pick up your stretcher, and walk home. Immediately the man stands up, springs to his feet in front of everyone, and everybody's in awe. It's a wonderful story of Jesus and who he is. But the thing that hit me when I was reading it, and I, I can't find the translation that I read it in, but this one still says it, but the first translation I read it, and it stuck out to me because it said, they dropped the man down in front of Jesus, and Jesus saw the faith of the man's friends. Yeah, and I could not find it. I, so I'm not sure where I read that one, but I did. But this one still says it. <laughs> Jesus saw the extent of their faith. It was not just the sick man's faith. We read about, you know, the woman with the issue of blood, and she pushes through, and she touches Jesus' cloak, and, and because he, he felt something drained for him, it was that woman's faith that got her healed. That's awesome, 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 having times of faith like that for yourself. This man was paralyzed. This man needed help. He couldn't even get to Jesus if he had not had these friends. And these friends, the Lord has shown me, these, these were not just friends. These were family. These men loved him. They carried him. They couldn't put him in a car and take him. They didn't even have a carriage to put him on. They couldn't throw him on a donkey. They carried him. Four of them carried him on a stretcher to this house. They get there. There's a huge crowd everywhere. They can't even get to the door because it's so crowded. So this isn't easy for them to do. They get there. They go up and make a hole in the roof to get him down. These men loved this paralyzed man so much that they did this for him. They, had, they sacrificed in the physical. But it wasn't just that. Jesus saw their faith. These men, didn't. they did it because they loved him, but they also did it because they knew if they took him to Jesus, Jesus was going to heal him. These men had faith. Their faith moved, helped move, because I believe the paralyzed man probably did too. It didn't say he didn't. But their faith helped move the mountain for this man. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus. So here... He's called us to walk together as family. And how many times have I thought when I pray for somebody and I see somebody get, ha, get a miracle, and it's like, and I'm so happy for them. And I'm like, that's my miracle too. That's my victory too. I prayed for that. Jesus sees my faith because it says right here in the scriptures, he sees everybody's faith. I'm like, oh my goodness. You like my head bob? I see people laughing at me. <laughs> Sorry. But this is, this, these are our victories. And so I'm reading this, and I'm going, okay, God, you call family to pray together, to stand together, to live together, to love each other, so that we can see corporate victories, which I'm going to read about in a minute, but so we can see personal victories for people. And immediately I thought of Ron, and I thought, yes, here we are, all praying for Ron, all having faith and believing, and obviously Ron and Teresa are. And I'm like, you know what? I wept. Maybe not as much, but I wept when I heard that first good report. I'm like, God, yes, Ron's healing is my victory too because my faith is being seen too. Family is important. We need each other because our faith helps move the mountains for other people. We need, there are things, I'm telling you what, when I walk whole, and I'm going to walk healthy and whole one of these days, I'm going to be completely healed, and it is not just going to be my miracle. There are so many people here that have prayed for me, and it's your victory too because it's your faith believing for me that God saw also. And so I was just seeing this, I'm like, God, it's so important that we walk together. And so, of course, I bring, I, rem I remember that, let me find it real quick. Uh, okay, I got there. 
Okay, the scripture that I'm going to read. It says, so it brings the scripture to mind. It's Matthew 18, 19, 19 through 20. It's the Passion Translation. It says, again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my Heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. It is the faith of the family that moves the mountains and brings victory in our lives. I know we know that. I, I was just seeing that one different. I was like, oh, that's my victory too. So the other one I was seeing is Esther. I was reading about Esther. And Esther is one of those stories where, for me, you think of Esther. She is a very popular story. Esther's kind of like a hero of the Bible. And Esther <laughs> did not do what she did by herself. She could not have done what she did by herself. She needed connection. She needed family. She needed people praying for her. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. Um, okay. So Esther sacrifices a lot. But without Mordecai, it wouldn't have been possible. She needed him. In the beginning, we know that Mordecai is her cousin, and he takes Esther in as his daughter because she loses her parents. And then in Esther 2, 2.10, it says, this is English Standard Version, Esther had not made known her her sorry Esther had not made known her people or kindred for Mordecai had commanded her not to make it known and every day Mordecai walked in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and what was happening to her Esther was respectful she was honorable to Mordecai by obeying him she trusted him she didn't argue with him she just obeyed him that comes from years of trusting family that's the trust that doesn't come from overnight so that's where that's where Esther is so you see these things are as I was reading, I was just seeing the different integrity in Esther. Um, so she's got that. And to me, it's one of those things where as family, these are things that build. It's the trust. It's the being able to listen to people. It's the humility that we have. Um, listening to our spiritual parents. Um, sometimes our brothers and sisters have wisdom for us. <laughs> listening to her. So she, she's respectful and honorable to Mordecai by obeying him. She trusts him. She didn't argue. Mordecai was intentional in his relationship with Esther, though. Mordecai, this whole process took a year with Esther. So it wasn't like all of a sudden they picked up all the girls and they got to go see the king and he picked a pretty one. This was a year-long process of even preparing them before they got to go before the king. So here she's away from her family, but Mordecai didn't let that stop her. And I'm like, family, you have to be intentional. You have to be. Mordecai made it a point every day to go and be there by the gate and listen how she was doing. I know you, you can read back out through here with Mordecai. He was praying for her. He was listening. He was listening for keys. Mordecai was in key places to hear things. And so, so here Mordecai is. He's being intentional to keep the family connection. So it says, now in Esther 2, 15 through 18, it says, When the turn came for Esther to go into the king, she asked for nothing except for what Haggai, the king's eunuch, eunuch had charged. Sorry, good grief. When the turn came for Esther to go into the king, she asked for nothing except for what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who had charge of the women, advised. So here, Esther was again humble. It is just who she was. It's who she'd been trained to be, who she'd been taught to be. And she could. She had her choice to pick whatever she wanted to take in with her. And she didn't decide, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to pick out what I want if he didn't like it too bad. Or It was nothing like that. It wasn't about Esther even at this point. She's, so she's humbling herself. Because of that, God gives her favor. 
So when Esther was taken to the king, the king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won the grace and the favor in his sight more than all the other girls, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king gave a great feast for all of his officials and servants. It was Esther's feast. He also granted a remission of the taxes to the providence, and gave, um, so they gave gifts of royalty, royal generosity to Esther. Esther continued to seek wisdom and being humble in that point. So here she's made king, king. Here she's made queen. <laughs> and she's got a lot of power. She's got a lot of prestige, everything else. It doesn't go to Esther's head. So she asks, okay, I, I said that part. And then it tells us, okay, so Esther's queen. It's been over a year from the start. And then in verse 20, it tells us again that Esther still hasn't told anyone that she's a Jew. She still obeys her cousin Mordecai just like she did when she was little being raised by him. So she still had that family connection. She still trusted him. She was still, that was, this was just who Esther was. I think this is just her character of who she was. So now I'm skipping to chapter 4, which in that time a lot, a lot happens in that time. But I'm going to chapter 4 because this is where I was seeing the importance of family come out. And it says, Esther deeply trusted Mordecai. He stepped in and had been a father to her. He'd built a relationship with her for years. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai, okay, so all that had been done at this point, um, this is where Haman had, Mordecai had upset Haman, and so he didn't bow to him. So Haman's mad, throwing a fit, and decides, how can I get the king to kill all the Jews? So they write this big decree, and so now there's a big decree out, and on this certain day they can go and they kill all the Jews, and the Jews can't fight back. So Mordecai, when he learns what, is, what has been done, he tears his clothes and puts on sackcloth and ashes. He goes out to the midst of the city and cries out. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate because no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every providence where the king's command and decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's young women and her eunuchs came to her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments out to clothe Mordecai so he could take off his sackcloth, but he wouldn't accept him. So Esther calls for Hathak. I don't know how to say these names, but it's one of the king's eunuchs who had been appointed to attend her. She ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was, to learn what this was and why it was going on. He goes out, and Mordecai tells him everything. Mordecai also gives him a copy of the written decree in Susa, which is where they were from, for their destruction, so that he can show it to Esther and explain to her and command her to go to the king and beg in his fav for his favor and plead with him on behalf of their people. So Hathak goes back and tells Esther what Mordecai says. Esther speaks to Hathak and commands him to go back to Mordecai and say, all the king's servants and the people in the king's providence know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I've not been called to come into the king these, these 30 days. So she didn't just immediately say, oh, okay. <laughs> She's going, wait, 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 you don't understand. I can't do that. I don't have authority to do that. Who do you think I am? He's going to kill me. So... So, and, and to me, I'm thinking, this is family. I mean, to me, I was seeing, this is them talking it out, sharing the importance of both sides. I mean, this is a pretty serious matter. All the Jews die. You know, maybe you die too. You're probably going to die either way, Esther. <laughs> so, I, I mean, this is like not a light issue. So, 
makes her see. So they tell Mordecai what Esther says, and Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise up for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So then Esther says to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf. She doesn't say, okay, I'll take it from here. Okay, I'll do it. She says, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, but I need your help. <laughs> That's what she's saying. She's saying, gather all the Jews in Susa and you and fast for me so that I can have favor from God and not die. And then I will go to the king, though it's against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai then goes away, and he does what Esther told him to do. Okay, so it says, I, as I said, one of the popular scriptures for Esther is when Mordecai says, and, you, and who knows whether you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. This was Esther, Esther's destiny to fulfill. But her reply was, gather all the Jews in Susa and fast for me. She needed wisdom and knowledge that Mordecai had to even know what was going on. She wouldn't even have known what was going on if it hadn't been for Mordecai. She, she wasn't in the loop. The king didn't tell her what was going on. She didn't get the daily paper. It wasn't anything like that. She didn't have a clue. She would not even have been able to step in and intercede and fulfill her destiny if it had not been for Mordecai. And so here Mordecai has given her this. And then she wouldn't even have been able to step in and do it if there had not been other people fasting with her. More, uh, Esther and her, her group of women were fasting and praying for three days. You know, three days, it's a popular fast, no food, water for three days and nights. And um, they were fasting too. So it wasn't like Esther didn't do anything, but she was not alone. She needed his encouragement and his help gathering everyone to fast for her. Her first reply to Mordecai was, uh, I can't do that, he'll kill me. She needed encouragement from him. No, you don't understand the importance of this to keep going. How many times do we need, this is too hard, I don't think I can do it. And you get somebody, somebody in your family, a brother or sister says, yes, you can. You can't quit now. This, you've got to see this victory. This is what Mordecai was doing for Esther. And the Lord was just showing me. So she didn't gather. So she's the one that had to step out. But she had an army of people behind her praying and fasting. She didn't gather all the favor on her own. It was a family victory is what I was seeing. Like, she did not gather that favor on her own. She was beautiful, but <laughs> he was king. He's going to do what he wanted. That beauty only gets you so far. She needed favor from God. And it came through the fasting and through the prayer of the family. So I was seeing that one as, so there's going to be personal victories that families will take, and then there's going to be corporate victories that families will take. You cannot reach your full destiny that God has for you if you're not connected to family. Both of these places, that paralyzed man, he could not have made it to Jesus. He could not have been healed that day if he did not have people there loving him and believing for him and taking him. Esther could not have done what she did without family. Yes, God maybe would have, he rose up somebody else. God's heart was to save the Jews. It wasn't his heart for the king to be evil like that and stuff. But this was Esther's place. It's why she was put in that place to do and called for, and she couldn't do it alone. So... All of that was going, and then the Lord, he'd been giving me a vision for the last couple of days, and in the vision I was seeing, I was seeing a net, and I was seeing Jesus as the fisherman, and we were all the net connected, and he was throwing us out and using us together to bring in the harvest. He was throwing it, and it was just like, 
I, whenever I think of that, I always think of, you know, in the with the disciples, you throw the net on the other side, you know, we're called to be the fishers of men, we throw the net out to scoop it in. And Jesus, he wasn't showing me that. And I'm like, this is family. If we can't stay connected and stay together, if the body of Christ can't unite, then the, Jesus is wanting a big net to bring in the harvest. And we're the net. The connection is the net. And so that's what I'm seeing. That's what I was seeing. <laughs> Sorry. I feel all over the place. But I think that's pretty much <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> I felt like I was hyper and then now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so, but and I think I think I was just seeing the importance the importance of family in a different way. Not that family hasn't been good, because I'm thinking all the different times family's been there to help each other out and stuff like that. In, in physical things, somebody has a baby, you get all these meals. Thank God for that. Sometimes I think, how would we ever eat during that time? I don't know. <laughs> but there's those. But then there's the spiritual side to it that I had never seen the importance of 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 our faith and then our faith being seen and it being our victories too. And I'm thinking here Esther was and Mordecai. And so the Jew, this is, this was Esther's victory. This was Mordecai's victory. And this was all the Jews that fasted and prayed with him. This was their victory. It was because of their fasting and praying and their, their faith. And so it was just encouraging to me. I'm like, God, you put us together for a reason and we need each other. Our faith together does move mountains for people. And, um, so that's, that's what I have. Okay. Jesus, we just come to you tonight, and Lord, I thank you because you love family. Lord, you created us to have to need each other, and you love it when we love on each other. So, Lord, I just lift all of us up, and I pray for greater connection with family. Lord, I pray that we would be able to be that net, that we would be connected strong, and you would be able to throw us out to bring in the harvest. But God, we would stay connected together. Lord, I pray that we would be able to stay connected so that we can all be pushed into our destinies. We can all reach our destinies. God, I thank you that you created us to need each other and not just you. So Lord, I just bless the family. I bless this church family here, Lord. I bless this church family here with being able to see greater gold in each other, with being able to believe better for each other, with, um, Lord, just with being able to have the faith to see the mountains move for each other that we need to see. God, I thank you for mountains moving in this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.